The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Where I haven't, and I have done tens of thousands, maybe over a hundred thousand interviews in my career. And I have never sat down in front of someone and not learned something new. Mm. You cannot do enough research. Yeah. That's the great thing about journalism is that when you're, you, you can't know enough. I've been taken off everywhere. I've been canceled by just about everybody. When they erase something from the internet, when they don't want you to see it, and they only want you to read the narrative, read what they say about it, that tells you that they're lying. The great thing about the truth is people always tell you that these things are complex, but there's always a very simple moment where you can see things for what they really are. They have put people in jail for saying it. They have put people in prison for protesting it. They have silenced people. They have taken their jobs. They've taken their careers. They have done everything humanly possible. And you know what they haven't managed to do? Convince anyone. There's just a little taste of what you can expect on today's show. Another special edition of the Trumpet Daily as we get into part two of our discussion with uh, distinguished journalist, Laura Logan, uh, the discussion we had earlier this week. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to this live video stream, the, the stream of this show every weekday morning, even during, uh, even during a, a holiday break. Every weekday morning, 11 a.m., in the central time zone of the United States. Just go to TrumpetDaily.com or go to our Rumble channel. Visit, join our growing audience at Rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. And you can hop into the live chat. You can leave some comments after the fact. And you, and you can always give us the Rumble thumbs up. So we sat down with Laura Logan on uh, Tuesday's show. It was live, the first part of our interview. And then she was kind enough to stay with us a little while after as we recorded another segment. This is, a, this is a woman whose drive to discover and verify and report some of the most important news of the world. It's really, it's literally taken her all over the globe and uh, she's had quite the career as we discuss in this uh, second segment. First, before I give you some of the highlights, maybe I can just give you her her uh, contacts or the, the way that she distributes her um, reports today. She's got a show called The Rest of the Story, and you can find that at uh, Truth in Media. I think it's truthinmedia.com, or you can uh, also get her video posts at her uh, Twitter feed or her X feed at uh, Laura Logan, at Laura Logan. So today, on this uh, second installment of our interview, uh, we get into her background in uh, journalism. I mean, this is a woman that, this is a journalist that's won just about every award out there. She has been in journalism for more than 30 years, I think almost 35 years. She's won every award, 
but she's also been canceled by just about every news outlet as well. Canceled for <laughs> telling the truth in, in nearly every case. It's a, it's a pretty amazing story. Uh, she expl- I asked her a little bit about her uh, upbringing. She says she was basically raised in a house where uh, everyone was bookish. I mean, books were seen as sacred. And so she was quite the, the reader, the studier, the researcher, even as a, a youth. Um, and as I say, she uh, really is dogged and determined, even to this day, to just get at the bottom. She's driven, like you heard earlier this week, if you saw the first installment. I mean, just her, her she's drawn to stories where we don't know the truth about what happened. That's why she's going into this, this 14-part series on uh, the January 6th lie. Fascinating. She's already three installments into it, and she's got many more uh, to come. In this uh, segment you're about to hear, uh, you can uh, learn about her experience with Fox Nation. That was her most recent um, assignment or job before she then went off into full-fledged independent mode. Uh, but she was with Fox Nation from 2021 to 2022. Uh, she made some statements about Anthony Fauci, uh, com- comparing him to a Nazi doctor. And you just can't do that with anyone except Trump, as she pointed out. You could call Trump a Nazi <laughs> 24-7, and you'll probably get promoted. But don't dare go after the good doctor. So you'll hear about that in this next segment, and uh, you'll hear about what she said about Fox News as well and her experience in working with them. And we also get into the forbidden subject, which would be the election steal of 2020. So we're going to take a short break, go away to a promo, and uh, you'll want to stay with us. Don't touch the dial or hit the button. Stay with us so that you can see the full-length version of our interview with Laura Logan, Part 2. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. What has happened to the United States of America? The wealthiest, most powerful nation in human history is suddenly divided, weakened, radical. The evil in America has grown powerful. The good has grown weak. The honorable parts of American history are succumbing to a direct, targeted, sustained assault. Someone, something is dismantling America's history, purpose, and character. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Political dysfunction, social strife, economic peril, catastrophic moral failure, fires, attacks, riots, lies. The nation is being attacked from within by its own leaders. Powerful elites in government, journalism, academia, and beyond are intentionally, rapidly destroying what America is in order to make it into something else. There is a reason why your nation is crumbling before your eyes. There is a spirit and a specific perpetrator that is attempting to blot out America. Only America Under Attack reveals that perpetrator and the motive and spirit behind him. This newly expanded book shows you the reason why America has changed so dramatically, so suddenly. 
If you're confused and concerned about what is happening to America, request your free copy of America Under Attack by Gerald Flurry at thetrumpet.com. And we are back with our special guest, Laura Logan. Let's talk a little bit about your background.、Uh, I want to get into the the career in journalism, but you were born and how long were you in South Africa? So I was born and raised in South Africa. Okay.、Um, and I went to school there. But when I was seventeen, I got on a plane and moved to Paris. Okay. And I went and worked as an au pair. So I was, and then I,、um, and then I moved to New York,、uh, entered illegally. Um, on a <laughs> tourist visa. Okay. And actually, I didn't have any visa. I just showed up at the airport,、yeah. and、um, they said, "Where's your visa?" And I said, "What visa?" Because I had an Irish passport. I'd gone all over, and no one ever asked me for a visa before. So they took me aside, interrogated me, and then they stamped my passport. Okay. So technically, I didn't enter illegally. And but- then you never went back. Or I mean, no, no, live anyway. No, I did go back to live. I、okay. went back, and I went back to college. But I started working. Uh, for the biggest daily newspaper, Sunday newspaper, first in high school, and then when I went back to college, I went to the daily newspaper and I said, "You don't have anybody on your staff my age. Let me work, and you don't have to pay me, or you can pay me for what you print, whatever you want."、Right. And they did. So I, I went to college in South Africa, and then right as I was finishing college, was about the time. That the country was moving towards releasing Nelson Mandela from prison. Those negotiations were、uh, sort of. It was. It was. You could tell it was heading that way, and I wanted to be part of that. There was no doubt in my mind.、Mm-hmm. So I wanted to work、uh, for a foreign company because South African media was so restricted by by South African laws. Yeah. And I got the Foreign Press Association book. Which had listed all the foreign journalists working in the country, and I started. I went all the way through, and I got hired by a company called Viz News, which became Reuters. It was bought out. It was Reuters, and、uh, when I was sitting there waiting for the interview, I was watching the bureau chief, bureau chief at the time, who was a cameraman, and he got promoted to bureau chief. He was trying to type, and he was using two fingers, and it was painful. And I could tell. He kept asking me how to spell words. He was a great cameraman and a and an amazing journalist, and he was not a writer. And I said,、uh, "Sir, would you like me to do that for you?" <laughs> he said, "Could you?" So that's that's how I wormed my way into that job. They、had、made me interview for that job about two years later. By the way,、yeah. had you had you taken college training in journalism or writing or no? So what made you? Oh, you said you just wanted to be part of the. I was always a writer. Okay. That was my first love. That's what I was a writer and a reader. We were raised in a house of books. Right. My parents,、um, you were not allowed to defile a book. You couldn't turn a. You couldn't fold over a page. You had books were sacred in our house. And my father was one of the original collectors of National Geographic. So we had mountains of National Geographic. We could use them. For research for school projects, we were not allowed to cut out the pictures. That was a real、yeah. pain because National Geographic had the perfect pictures for every school project you ever sure, <laughs> you ever、yeah. needed.、Um, and we、um, and so I、uh, I went to and worked all through college at the newspaper. Yeah, I、um, 
I never wanted to miss a day. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to see it for myself. And there was no way really for me to get in. South Africa at that time was very violent. It was fighting against apartheid. Um, and the townships, which were the areas on the outskirts of the city and around the, the white suburbs yeah. at the time, um, that was where much of the violence was happening. So nobody wanted to let a little 17-year-old white girl go into those places. Right. So I had to beg, borrow, steal, and worm my way into them, going in and, at night. And you still, uh, you write your segments uh, to this day, right? The, mm -hmm. the, so when you, for the process, do you sit down and write your story first and then go find the interview, the footage, whatever, or do you sometimes you, see? You just, I mean, that's a kill shot, what you just said. <laughs> you just might as well have taken a gun and put a bullet right in the middle of my forehead. <laughs> I'm a journalist. <laughs> I don't write the story in advance. <laughs> you that would make me a propagandist. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Uh, so, but I mean, do you no. sometimes see footage or see a character or a person that you think that would make an interesting story? Or oh, yes, okay. yes, of course. But at the point that I'm making is really one that's very important for people to understand. Journalists investigate and research, right? That's your job right. is to research and learn as much as you can. So it might be a person that's interesting. It might be an event that's right. interesting, you know, or, or important or significant. Um, and you learn as much as you can about that. But often people will say to me, especially in the, in the world outside of TV news, right? If you go into the Netflix world or the Hulu or the whatever, right? they'll say to you, okay, you've got an idea for a show. And they say, okay, well, what's the format? And you say, well, it's an investigative journalism show. So they say, okay, but, but what's the format? And, and that's how I learned that all these shows are formulaic, formulaic, right? That, that say house hunters, you're going to have, uh, you've got a couple, you've got a realtor and they're looking for three types of houses and they're going to go out and then they're going to compare. And then there's going to be a segment where they discuss and, or whether it's a house building show or whatever, you can expand that out. You can start to see the formula, but the purpose of investigative journalism is that you don't know the answer before you set out. Now you can inform yourself, you have to inform yourself as much as humanly possible, but I can tell you there has never been a story in my life where I haven't, and I have done, I don't know, tens of thousands, maybe over a hundred thousand interviews in my career. And I have never sat down in front of someone and not learned something new. You cannot do enough research. Yeah. That's the great thing about journalism is that when you're, you, you can't know enough. So, you know, my colleagues, I lived five years in Baghdad, right, in Iraq. One of my team, actually, my teammates, who's a great friend of mine, said to me once, do you know how hard it is working on your team? And I said, why? I was nonplussed. I didn't understand it because I treat people with respect. I mean, everybody's an equal on my team. I, I mean, these are like my brothers and sisters, you know, like we right. really went through a lot together. And I'm like... Why on earth would you say that? And he's like, because you, you outwork everyone. It's impossible to outwork you. And I said, because it's impossible to know enough. I'm not trying to outwork you. I'm not trying to prove something. I'm trying to understand. Mm -hmm. And in the course of trying to understand, I cannot ever know enough. But 
in order to produce a product, you have to set some limits to that, right? You can't investigate something for 50 years and do one story and expect to get paid every day. Mm -hmm. So you find that balance. And I found my balance in long form. I'm not that person that wants to go out and do a daily show every day and pretend to be an expert on everything under the sun. <laughs> I did that. At, I tried that at CNN. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I sucked because I, people know. What you know when you're speaking from knowledge and experience yeah. and you know when someone's winging it, they might get away with it this time and that time. But over time, you forget those people. Their names don't endure. I've been taken off everywhere. I've been canceled by just about everybody and people still know my name. Why is that? Yeah. Because I'm honest, yeah. because I have integrity and because I'm not going away. I'm not going away because... I was tossed by God to do this, and I'm going to do this until the day I die. And I'm, by the way, I'm not suicidal, <laughs> just for the record. Appreciate Hashtag that. not suicidal. So, yeah, you said, I mean, you, you look at your uh, history, you've been with practically every news agency, you've, and then as you just said, you've, you've been fired by nearly all of them as well. Maybe Never fired. Never fired? Oh, no, they don't have the balls just, to fire you. Just, In fact, not just that, they don't have a reason to fire me because I've never actually committed a fireable offense. I get canceled. So the, the I get canceled contract. because people don't want the truth. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about some of the, the high points or low points, I guess, over the years where and, and for what reason do you feel like such and such let you go or let the contract expire? I mean, I know of a couple, but... Uh, well, Benghazi's the big one, okay. right? That Because that was CBS. I was the future of 60 Minutes, right. which is the number one news program in the world. I mean, there's no investigative news program that's been more successful or that's been more respected. Yeah. Um, look at it today. Right. You know, I was targeted over my reporting on Benghazi. And the, and, and the truth is that we really don't know. I still don't know the truth. There were for people who want to look it up. And I actually am happy to give you a copy so you can play the story and people can watch it. When they erase something from the internet, <laughs> when they don't want you to see it and they only want you to read the narrative, read what they say about it, that tells you that they're lying, right? right? Because they fear what I reported. Yeah. And there was only one person and two parts of his story, two small parts of his story that they used that were cast into doubt. Nobody ever proved that they weren't true, but they cast enough doubt right. on them. And then that guy disappeared. Right. And there's a, you know, there's a lot more to that story. I won't go on about it forever. I'm happy to talk to people about it anytime. But the reality is that they, they take, what I learned from that is they take things that are irrelevant or not so important and they go after that because they cannot attack the substance. And they did me a favor because I could never have been part of 60 Minutes today. I mean, my goodness, they put Bill Gates on 60 Minutes, they give him a platform and they don't ask him about all the people in South Sudan and India, the children that have been disabled because of his so-called vaccines and, and, and been rendered infertile, they don't ask about that. They give a platform to this these morons from CISA and these liars from the FBI to go and talk about insurrection and the most secure election in history. Shame on you. Right. Shame on you, 60 Minutes. I don't even recognize who you are. In fact, what I think happened is they used me, right, as the as the... Uh, the warning. 
I was the warning because after that, 60 Minutes became a shadow of itself. Now, it still does great work and great stories. There's amazing people there and I have so much respect for them, but they don't ever do anything of importance. Did you, I mean, has your uh, worldview or your, uh, I guess some would consider you more conservative, but you said you don't like the, you know. I don't liberal. like those terms. I don't yeah. even know what they mean. Yeah. What does conservative mean? I mean, when I was growing up, I believed that, uh, I believe in tolerance. I always believed in tolerance, except, you know, you could say I grew up in a very liberal family, right? And I was um, speaking badly about the right wing in South Africa once. And I remember my father, who was very liberal, looked at me and he said, but um, uh, but if you believe in tolerance, don't you have to tolerate those people too? And I said, no. <laughs> what was I, 18, 19, 20? Sound familiar, anybody? No. And he said, why not? And I said, well, because they're wrong. And racism is wrong. And anybody who believes that, they, they don't have a right to believe in that. You can't believe in something that's unjust. Ha, huh. does that sound familiar? Fast forward to today. Trump supporters, no, they're wrong. They don't have a right to exist, right? So, so it took me many, many years to see. I still don't believe in racism. I can't abide it. I've spent my entire life fighting against it. And it's, it's probably the only thing, the only slur that they haven't ever been able to use against me. And by the way, there's an army of people that would come out and defend me on that because they know it's not true, right? But, Look at what they were breeding. They were breeding an ideology that is completely and utterly intolerant, but goes under the label of tolerance. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing today. So I, I, I think I know there are differences between the left and the right. I know there are differences between traditional understanding of Democrat and Republican, but I see those labels as forms of control. Because if we are fighting each other and we're so focused on being against each other, those are our mechanisms through which we can be easily manipulated. We can disagree on things. I disagree with, with people all the time. I teach my children, actually. We don't have to agree on this. Like, I don't agree with you. I don't, on these gender issues, I don't agree. And if you die tomorrow, and a hundred years from now, they dig up your body, you're still going to be a girl, right? That's the way it is. Lo and behold, what did I see? I've been saying that for years. I saw they're targeting anthropologists now and pressuring, pressuring anthropologists to no longer use those definitions of when they're finding, you know, bones and things like that. Um, no longer using female and male because they say it's discriminating against what? All the lunatics who didn't know who they were? I mean, give me a break. Okay, I'm not playing that game. So I don't consider myself conservative. I don't consider myself Republican. If you notice, I've never been embraced by the conservatives. I, Roger Ailes never offered me a job. I actually was never uh, paid to be on Fox News. I was paid to be on Fox Nation, their online subscription service that they were trying to build. That was sort of your last assignment in the what would be the mainstream of media. Reporting. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I and mean, did that end uh, amicably, or or was yes, very yeah. amicably. My boss called me and said, "We need you. <laughs> we need you to stay silent for a while. Lie low." 
For what he was, reason? He was a very brave man, actually. Um, he was the head of, of Fox Nation. He was brave because he took me on yeah. when the front office and the powers that be at Fox really didn't want to. They weren't going to commit to a contract and take on Laura Logan and put the, the weight of the network or, you know, or the, uh, the organization behind me. Yeah. And what I did was I went back to the beginning. Right. I took a salary that was less than I earned as a, my first job at CBS News as a young correspondent. And bear in mind, at this point, I'd been a journalist for almost 30 years, right? I'd been the face of 60 Minutes, right? So I'd not just been a journalist, had almost every award that there is in journalism I have. And I went back to my original salary, less than my first salary. And I, I worked with a great team of people, none of whom knew anything about journalism because they'd not worked as journalists. They were TV people and they were great people, but I had to teach them how to do 60 Minutes in the 60 Minutes style and, and about journalism. And I thank God every day that I had people who were willing to learn and who wanted to do that because right. they were amazing. And we did this show for Fox Nation and I built relationships with the shows on Fox News. I built relationships with the producers and the correspondents and they used me because I was good for ratings because people wanted to hear what I had to say and because I, um, I was able, I was to talk on, I mean, I could cover the gambit. It's Islamic terrorism. Is it the open border? Is it human trafficking? Is it, you know, I get, I have a lot of experience. And so I was a great asset to them right. for, and they never paid me for that. And then I got, the show got renewed for another season and we were just about to do a third season when I was asked on camera during COVID if, uh, when Dr. Fauci came out and said, I am science. So if you criticize me, you criticize science. He told this to Margaret Brennan on the Sunday, one of the Sunday shows. And so I was asked on air at Fox, do you, what do you think of that? Is Fauci science? And I said, well, a lot of people I talk to don't see Fauci as science. They see him more as Dr. Joseph Mengele, the doctor of death. Now, of course, we live in a false society where you can call Trump Hitler all day long. You can call Trump supporters Nazis right. all day long. And Chris Matthews, by the way, lost his job for comparing Bernie Sanders to Hitler. Yeah. But you are not allowed to touch that. Right. And, and ironically, a week after I said that, do you know what happened? The head of the EU came out and made a speech in which she called. She said, it's time for the EU to take on the issue of forced vaccine mandates. Why is that so significant? Because the Nuremberg Code was written because of Dr. Joseph Mengele. The Nuremberg Code prevents the EU and people in governments all over the world from forcing people to be vaccinated. And I unknowingly, unwittingly, and I put this down to God, got ahead of their narrative. They were working to get rid of the Nuremberg Code so they could force vaccine mandates. Not just in Europe, it would have gone from Europe to all over the world. And that's why they didn't want anybody to touch Joseph Mengele. And I found it incredible that Jewish people, the ADL, these kind of people, they're coming after me. You've got a guy, I didn't say it, I had doctors telling me this. Doctors, one doctor after another, telling me that Anthony Fauci will go down as the biggest mass killer in history. And what wow. people didn't know as well is that COVID is not Fauci's first run at this, at mass murder. 
Okay, HIV was his first run at mass murder. Fauci was involved in approving AZT, which was marketed as the panacea for people with HIV, which murdered people countless numbers of people with HIV. Because what did AZT do? It didn't cure HIV. It mimicked the progression of the disease. And people taking it didn't know if they were dying of AIDS or dying of AZT. And so, in fact, I stood in graveyards in South Africa, graveyards on a Sunday evening, where they would dig the rows of graves for the babies that would die that week. Graves this big, and then a little bit bigger for the kids, a little bit older, and then a little bit bigger. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of graves. Do you know how many millions of people died from HIV? Because of people like Anthony Fauci, when they knew they sat on antiretrovirals, that they knew the immune system was the secret to overcoming AIDS. They knew that you could live with it. And instead, they pushed a treatment that killed people. Does that sound familiar to you? Mm. And by the way, by the way, last point on Fauci, look up the experiments that they did with HIV. They did those experiments on black and I hate it when people say brown, but on Hispanic and African-American babies and children. Most of them in the foster care system with no parents. They took the most vulnerable and they forced those treatments on those children. And there's no outrage. There's no outrage over that. Fauci is a small little man, and I really hope he gets accountability. Do you feel like COVID was weaponized to influence the election or to rig the election in the States? COVID was weaponized for a number of effects, not just one. Most importantly, I mean, first and foremost, yes, in a tactical sense. Yeah. COVID was a, was without a doubt changed every election law in every swing state and engineered uh, a false outcome to the election was highly instrumental in that. It wasn't the only tool they used, but right. it was a big one. Right. But what does Yuval Noah Harari say? If your audience doesn't know the name Yuval Noah Harari, they need to look it up because Yuval Noah Harari says it. This man wrote the book um, Sapiens, which was pushed by Obama, by the way, that Christmas when that book came out. You must read Sapiens. He is the man that says we are in the last throes of humanity. These are the last generations of humans as humans. These are the people pushing for transhumanism or a post-human world, right? Where we're part machine and we're hybrids. Actually, he says we can become gods. Now, of course, he doesn't mean you and me, right? He doesn't mean your students on campus. He means a tiny number of people. But what did he say about COVID? He said COVID was how we ushered in the era of mass surveillance. And that is far more lasting than Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Far more lasting. This election was critical to engineering that outcome and that future, but that's the world they want, the world of mass surveillance. What is your phone? It is a mass surveillance device. What is your iPad? A mass surveillance device. What is that chip that they're putting in people now that's actually been done in Sweden and other places? What's the chip you put in your dog and cat to track them? What's that app? These are all tools of mass surveillance. But most importantly, as Yuval Noah Harari says, not only did people agree to mass surveillance, right? Because now we agreed in what is contact tracing? Mass surveillance. What is a digital health passport? 
mass surveillance. So that thing that was protected, your medical health, right? Your personal medical history, that was protected by so many laws. Mm, that's out the window with a digital health passport, right? Of any kind or, you know, a public vaccine record. So not only did it in, it did it implement that system, but on top of that, we agreed to do that globally. So we agreed to give other governments who have been, who have, we haven't elected, we've got nothing to do with them, plus international bodies like the World Health Organization, give them control and say over it. So we're already living under a global government. And then on top of that, what else did we agree to having it under the skin? So COVID was much more significant than just the election. Right. Although Donald Trump, as the great disruptor, had the ability to stop all of this mm -hmm. and certainly to overturn and expose it. I mean, I look at Donald Trump as, um, as the great white light because he shone a light on so many of this. Why did we have a space force that was classified for all those years? Why was it classified? Why couldn't the American people know what we were doing in space? Right. We have many classified programs where we don't share every detail to protect operational security. Why were we lying about that? I mean, does anyone really think we went to the moon how many decades ago and we never went back? Why didn't we go back? You know, it's ridiculous. So a lot of this stuff is classified because it's, it's full of dark money mm -hmm. where people in Congress are getting rich. And guess who's not getting rich? You and you know, the average person out right. there, but guess who's paying for it? Yeah. Oh, the average person out there. So Donald Trump did things like that, right? He declassified Space Force, which was he immediately took a 60, what is it? $69 billion budget. That was dark money, which is dark money is where you steal and get away with it. And he put it in the light. Right. And then they write stupid articles about him saying, well, he's got three lobbyists on his team. So therefore he's not really draining the swamp. Oh, except he drained the swamp, right? He drained the swamp in ways that most people don't even understand. So that presidency was very significant. Using COVID to prevent him from getting to the White House was very significant. But what did they do on a global scale right. with mass surveillance? Did you and, have and any ushering us, forcing us, pushing us into a digital world? When you were at Fox Nation, did you do any any reporting on the election steal or or i mean i think fox's position on that has been to oh. not talk about it or downplay it yeah although the some of the hosts have like jesse waters has at least gone a little bit in that direction here recently yeah jesse waters pushes the envelope and he's a brave man for doing so tucker yeah. was doing that before they got rid of him um you know fox tried but look it was over okay for Fox when Roger Ailes right. died. It was over. It was, they were already infiltrated before that. But once Roger was out of the way, it was done. Yeah. And the, the, you want, you know, there's the great thing about the truth is people always tell you that these things are complex. But there's always a very simple moment where you can see things for what they really are. So if you could just get rid of all that ambiguity that they create, right, to hide and obscure the truth, and you drill down on that one thing. So that one thing is election night. And it's that one moment <laughs> where the Fox guy calls Arizona <laughs> with less than 10% of the vote counted. Right. That man, I mean, he's a DNC operative. 
Yeah. Why is Fox hiring a DNC operative? Okay, so that's another simple moment, right? These are very simple truths that tell you everything you need to know. Right. Okay, they called Arizona for a very simple reason. In 2016, you had ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN fighting back the tears because they were so devastated that Trump won. If they had been the ones to call the election for Biden, Fox would have been forced to hold the line, wouldn't they? Right. They would have been forced to be the ones to say, hey, wait a minute, they're lying again. It's not true, just like they did in 2016. By having Fox call the election for Biden, you threw the right into disarray. You threw the independents into disarray. And then you had key figures on the political side, like Mitch O'Connell, right? right? Mitch McConnell. Right. And, and others who stood up and said, you know, we've got to have an orderly transition and, you know, we've got to own it. I think even Chip Roy from Texas was one of them who was very vocal about that. There were a number of key Republicans who led the charge. So that left what? It left the voters saying, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Like, Nobody has, no incumbent has increased the, the voters, their vote amongst their own base, amongst their own party, and amongst independents, and lost the election since Grover Cleveland. That's 134 years. Mm -hmm. That's not possible. Oh, by the way, he did it with dementia from his basement at these stupid little staged rallies with their circles around their chairs. Right. The hula hoops. <laughs> Going to a Biden rally in 2020, I mean, literally was like being put under anesthetic and having the blood drained out of your body. Yeah, that's how exciting it was. Some that I saw were single digits, like nobody was yeah. out there. And then the yeah. uh, when the, the media announced that he won, uh, the the car honking incident that was yeah just, yeah it was so surreal like is watching that really watching people push that narrative is like sucking your face off i mean it is the most unpleasant experience because there you it's it's just ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous and you know uh, how we know it's ridiculous they have put people in jail for saying it. They have put people in prison for protesting it. They have silenced people. They have taken their jobs. They've taken their careers. They have done everything humanly possible. And you know what they haven't managed to do? Convince anyone. Right. Who knows it was still. Well, I mean, even the Fedsurrection, as your video has in the title, uh, that was meant to cover up you know, all of it investigating, you know, fraud. Oh, no, 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 no bueno. Don't don't be asking questions about the election. Not allowed. Right. Not allowed. Don't look. Don't look any further because it's just like Ray Epps or Jeffrey Epstein, you know, or the or the election. You pull that thread. Yeah. And what are you going to find? You're going to find the most powerful people in America. Right. What do you feel like going forward? 2024? I mean, do you do you have confidence that it can even be a legitimate election next year? No. You, f you feel like there's going to be massive fraud? It can't be illegitimate election. Of course there's going to be massive fraud. The fraud has already begun. Right. It's So the first and most important thing that they do with the fraud is they pad the voter rolls. Because the one thing that the cheaters can't have, right, they don't know exactly how many Trump supporters are going to show up at the polls. They've got a good idea based on previous elections, who voted, who didn't, all that data that they've been stealing from you. 
you know, or buying from you or whatever else. All those stupid surveys don't answer any of those surveys, okay, online. So they have a good idea, but they don't worry about every Trump voter, right, across the whole country. They worry about the key districts. Right. Which are the districts that are going to sway the election, right? They focus on those areas. And so that makes their life much simpler because you now just narrowed it down. It's like January 6th. I don't have to look at 44,000 hours. I can narrow it down. Let me look at this, you know, 5% that they withheld from us. Let's just focus on that. So that's what they do with the vote. And they've got very, very uh, sophisticated, uh, you know, mechanisms with artificial intelligence and people who know how to do this. So they, they figure out how much of the vote they think Trump is going to get in a certain area. Then they have to make sure that they beat that. They don't like people to vote on election day because although they can project that, it's it's uncertain, right? Right, right? There's a variable there that they don't control. That's why they want the early voting. Right. That's why they want the automatic voter registration. Oh, in Colorado, go get my driver's license. Okay, you're automatically registered to vote. Guess what that means? That means for two years before you ever go to the polls, you are a registered voter and I can now use your vote. So what do they do with people who are illegal, right? They register them in the census. So they count them in the census Right. Then they report that to systems like ERIC, Electronic uh, Voter Registration System, which was really seriously. This is supposed to be nonpartisan. Give me a break. It makes me want to vomit every time I hear that. OK, this was started, uh, you know, with Soros money. And I think it's the Pew Research Foundation and so on. All of these part of this network of, of right. groups on the left. Why do they want you to report all your voter registration to them? So that they've got the picture of how to cheat for the whole country. Yeah. So they want as many states as possible. So what they've been, what they've been doing is registering, registering, registering. Because if you get too many Trump supporters show up at a certain d district or at a certain place where maybe you don't control, maybe you can't put pizza boxes on the walls and kick out, you know, all the observers and have a water main leak and, you know, and the machines go down. Maybe you don't control all those external variables, right? So you cannot end up with more votes than registered voters because then everyone knows you cheated. Right. So right now, the fix is already in for 2024. Then you're going to have all the propaganda and you're going to have the newspapers, just like they did when Trump tried to say they're going to cheat in 2020. They said, oh, Trump's not going to accept the results of the election. Look at him. He's a big dictator. You know, he's going to steal it. He's going to cling to power at any cost. Right. They've got that. So they have many pillars to the cheat. Then you have the tech companies are all involved. Right. Every single one of them, every search engine out there is involved. Even the indep so-called independent ones that I use, they're all involved. They push you to the stories they want to push you to. I urge everybody to watch the movie The Creepy Line by Dr. Robert Epstein, who is a Democrat, hates Trump, voted for Hillary. He did a study on how Google determined who would win the election in India years ago. He's done a lot of studies on elections in America. He lives in hiding, that man, okay? Lives and works in hiding because of what he can show. Because by pushing your search results, and don't think that if you search Donald Trump, they're going to give you 20 negative articles. No, they figured it out. They're going to give you, say, hmm, they're going to give you maybe 10 positive articles, 
uh, no, eight positive articles, five neutral ones, and then they're going to give you like, you know, a couple humdingers, right? The ones that really hurt because then you're going to say, oh, well, look, you know, this isn't biased because they're showing me good things about Trump or whatever. Right. You know, they, they figured out down to a science how to manipulate the search results so that they steer you towards the candidates they want and steer you away from it. Google in the 2020 election cycle, Dr. Robert Epstein showed that when you logged onto your computer, it, if you were in a democratic area, it, it said the Google thing was, uh, logo was manipulated to go vote, right? To say, don't forget to vote or something along those lines. That didn't happen if you're a Republican. So they can isolate down to the individual. That's what all that data is about. All those idiots out there that say, well, I don't care. You know, I like getting a TikTok feed that's tailored to my needs. Or if I don't want to buy this product that they're offering me, I don't have to buy it. What does it matter? It matters because they know who you are. And they're, they're steering you towards the candidate they want. If they know that you're going to vote the way they don't want you to vote, they make sure you don't get any voting reminders. They make it difficult to find where do you go vote in your community and so on and so on. So I'm not saying this because there's no point in voting in 2024, right? It's the exact opposite. The only way to win in 2024 is to overwhelm the cheat. And that's with numbers, right? That's what so many people yeah. that you don't let it happen. For those who say there's no evidence of fraud, you're an idiot. Go and look at the evidence of fraud. You really are an idiot. There is so much evidence. Look at Georgia. Look at Maricopa County. I mean, it is unbelievable how much. Look at Wisconsin. There is so much evidence that's coming out now. Those judges who refuse to hear most of those cases, they should be disbarred. Right. They have no right setting foot in a courtroom because they're a bunch of cowards. They're an absolute bunch of cowards. You know the courts are going to let you down. You know the Supreme Court's going to let you down. You know your political leaders are going to let you down. It's on you. It is on you. Mm. So make sure that you vote. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not worth it. Well, with that, we will conclude our discussion. We certainly appreciate you joining us uh, on the Trumpet Daily and your program can be seen on truth and media i believe you said and truthandmedia.com or on x okay or just search lara logan and the rest of the story with lara logan or go on my site on twitter and it's also on truth social post links on there and of course locals locals is a great platform um we are working on building up that ecosystem and i'm going to get it out on my own website as well Laura Logan, it's been great spending some time with you. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. So there you have it, our second uh, installment of the uh, discussion we had with uh, journalist Laura Logan earlier this week and uh, following uh, that program on Tuesday and then today's show, I'm, I'm sure we'll generate some more uh, email feedback, but we got quite a lot after the, uh, the first one. Uh, and if you'd like to submit some feedback, you can email us, td at thetrumpet.com. A few emails. This one says, I really enjoyed your interview with Laura Logan. She is quite the firecracker. I can see why the left hates her so much. Someone they cannot bully. Another one here comes in from Illinois. And it says, the interview with Laura Logan was like a, a brilliant light. One truth after another filled with knowledge. 
It says the Trumpet Daily is surely making leaps and bounds in accomplishments. Uh, well, her people were nice enough to reach out to us, uh, which we were very excited about. Uh, her publicist or her marketer, I, I don't know exactly his position, but uh, he emailed us and asked if uh, we'd be interested in uh, having her on our, our, our show. And initially it was going to be just a, a Zoom interview over the internet, but uh, we, we told them we'd love to have you in our home studio, if at all possible. And she was able to uh, be on the show live here in Edmond. She was able to tour through our campus. Uh, she was able to enjoy a nice luncheon with a, a few of us, and then uh, she gave a forum to our students as well before she uh, headed back to uh, her home in Texas. It says here, these interviews you're doing with clear-thinking, straight-talking, influential people are pushing the show uh, to new heights. General Flynn, Carrie Lake, and Laura Logan all see that America is under attack. America is under attack from within, and that one man is at the center of it. Of course, we have a, a book that goes by that very name, America Under Attack. If you don't have a copy, make sure you call our operators and request your free copy. No cost, no obligation. Just call the operators. It's 1-866-930-3024. Toll free. Call toll free. Get the free book and uh, you can start plowing through it. it here, another one here, here says, your interview with uh, Laura Logan on the trumpet was amazing um, and the best interview yet. She has uh, seen and been through so much as a journalist abroad. She is only one of uh, very few who are actually speaking the truth. Tucker Carlson had her on his show from time to time because of her expert knowledge as a real journalist. It says here she's very brave and a real credit to her profession. She uh, was also on Eric Bowling's show on Newsmax and was explaining what is really going on in the U.S. and abroad and mentioned and mentioned the uh, the child. Uh, trafficking happening in the U.S. and in many other uh, countries. Needless to say, she has not been on Fox or Newsmax, Newsmax for quite some time. She's been banished. <laughs> She's been canceled. Her views are, I guess they're, they're too, too much out of the mainstream, so we just can't talk to her. It says here, I am certain some of the media heads of these shows are a bit hesitant to have her back on. Everyone in the media is afraid of being an insurrectionist now. Big Brother is watching everything. Truth is cast to the ground. This is something that we talked about on the show uh, Wednesday. It's not even just that there, there are so many uh, communists or radical left-wingers that are out there lying, just outright, blatant lies, but they hate the truth. They despise the truth. It says here, truth is cast to the ground, but God works through his true church. Thank you for getting the truth out to all of us. Another one here says, <laughs> very succinctly, dear trumpet team, before these interviews, are you giving your guests truth serum? <laughs> we, we really have gotten some, uh, some, some fire, firecrackers, as one of the emailers said. We've heard a lot of truth. Some of these interviews, there have been uh, quite a few truth bombs dropped <laughs> on our audience. Another one here writes, the Laura Logan interview far exceeding my expectations. Well done and, and good timely segue into the October 7 attack in southern Israel as well. That's, uh, of course, referring to the first segment or the first uh, part of the interview that played on Tuesday. And if you 
If you want to go back and watch part one, as tens of thousands of people have, you can find it at our Rumble channel. That's at uh, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. Another one here says, I was pretty excited to hear on Tuesday that you were going to be interviewing Laura Logan. It was explosive. It just wasn't long enough. What a knowledgeable woman. I've read quite a few articles of hers in the past and seen a few videos of hers. Hopefully you can have her back uh, again one day. She is a no-nonsense woman. I love that. Every weekday morning, I can't wait to see what you've uh, talked about the day before. Keep up the brilliant work. We all really need it. I think that's from, from one of our overseas viewers that, that watches the show the, the next day. You can get to the podcasts, of course, that are posted after the fact. You've got the live stream, as I said at the start. You've got the live stream stream at 11 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States, but then you've got all of the, the uh, previous podcasts posted after the fact as well, both at TrumpetDaily.com and at the Rumble channel. Another one here says it was a, a great interview, and hearing her speak, uh, you can feel her passion for the injustice that is being done to good American people as a result of the January 6th Fedsurrection, praying, uh, praying that with more exposure of the truth and the, the Supreme Court slated to hear some of these appeals early next month, those imprisoned will be released and the real criminals brought to justice. It says, thank you again for your great programming and keeping us informed about tomorrow's news today. Watching the Trumpet Daily helps to keep me sane in today's evil, chaotic world. Another one here says, this was an exceptional program. Mrs. Uh, Logan is a powerful voice, speaking truth with courage and conviction. Please invite her on your program again soon. And then it closes with warm regards from uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Another one, another one says here, great show today. Wow, Laura Logan brings a lot to the table. Thanks for the Trumpet Daily. Another one writes, good morning. Your interview with Laura Logan was everything I expected, and I could have listened to you guys for another hour or two. It's great to see God open doors for you to interview high-profile personalities and to give the, the church's message more exposure. Keep up the good work. God bless you. God bless you all and have a happy Thanksgiving. Well, we certainly did. And we're now moving forward after the Thanksgiving break. Another one here. This is in response to, and we can maybe finish with this one. But we also have a documentary that we posted uh, three, four weeks ago at the Rumble Channel. It's offered exclusively at uh, rumble.com forward slash trumpet daily and it's called Israel's 9-11 and we've gotten quite a few uh, emails in response to that powerful and very sobering documentary as well. It's not for everybody, uh, certainly not for little children, um, but if you can stomach it, uh, I'd highly recommend that you go and remember what Hamas did to Jews Jews, wives, children, elderly, all of them, on October 7. This one here says, thanks, uh, thanks for the much-needed documentary, Israel's 9-11. It says, in two weeks gap, I watched it twice. Uh, thank you, one and all, for your efforts. 
Thank you for exposing the evil and boldly fighting for the truth and justice. So there you have it. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us at tdatthetrumpet.com. My Twitter handle is at Stephen Flurry. Of course, the 800 number if you want to request any and all literature. We talked about America Under Attack uh, a little bit earlier. The 800 number, it's 1-866-930-3024. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you for joining us on today's show. We thank you for joining us all week, even on this holiday week, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>